0: Just keep grinding, all right? We're getting better each and every day. Running left to the goal line, fighting his way in as the Texans grab the lead. Let's go to work, baby! Takes the gift, has time, throws to the end zone, caught, and it's a touchdown! Love the energy.
1: Wrapped up for a
0: loss for the TFL inside the ten.
2: All right, let's do it. Texans have the ball on the pit. That's what we're talking about! Now, it's Texans All Access.
0: Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Wherever we do it from, we're in there because it's mobile. We go everywhere. We do this show from all over the world. We've done it from London for crying out loud. That was a while ago. We don't have to get into that tonight, but we do have to get into this. The Steelers, J.J. Watt weekend, a lot going on with your Texans taking on Pittsburgh Sunday at noon. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris and John McClain. A little bit later on in the show, third segment to be precise. I'm not going to tease it and then make you wait and wait. Well, you should wait anyway. You should listen to the whole program and we'll have a quiz on this later. But in the third segment, Drew Doherty visits the lockers of Jalen Petrie, Kurt Heinisch, a Pittsburgh native. Also, Kendrick Green, who played for the Steelers. That's going to be interesting. Little brief conversations at the players' lockers. They were fully clothed. Don't worry, it's radio. wouldn't matter anyway. But let's welcome in, because it's Thursday, the General John McClain. John, super exciting weekend with the Texans taking on the Steelers and what going into the ring of honor. Good evening.
1: And coming off that 20-point victory at Jacksonville makes it even more exciting. More electricity around the city. The Texans are only two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Steelers who've won back-to-back games, so a lot of people are are betting the other way. So if they could pull an upset, it's going to be really difficult considering the issues in the offensive line. They're going to be on their third-left tackle. They're already on their third-left guard, third-center, third-right tackle. It's going to be difficult, but those linemen are coming off their best game. C.J. Stroud has been tremendous – some point they'll get Titus Howard back next week maybe Juice Scruggs will be able to run the ball better but it's going to be electric and energized NRG Stadium I can't wait to hear the crowd when Watt comes out to be inducted into the Ring of Honor
2: General what do you make of the Steelers defense outside of Watt and Highsmith the reason I ask that is the numbers aren't really great now I know three games don't tell a full story but this dealer's defense is giving up 152 yards per game on the ground and giving up 235 through the air and a total of 387 now they've also generated eight turnovers which helps so they're plus four in turnover margin but what do you make of that defense outside of Watt and Highsmith and maybe some of the struggles are having giving up this much yardage
1: it's interesting against the run because Steelers always seem to be good against the run. Now the Texans are not going to be able to run against them because they can't run against anybody. It won't be that they won't try because Bobby Sloan has to call run plays. You can't just let T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith tee off on Stroud on every single play. But it hasn't been a dominating defense. It hasn't been your typical – Uh, AFC North defense that the Steelers really have. Hyde-Smith hadn't even gotten untracked yet. He has one sack. Watt has six. I'm pretty sure the Texans will double-team Watt and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Bobby Slowick doesn't max protect in this game. The team that I remember being the best max protect team I've ever seen were the Joe Gibbs, Redskins, Super Bowl teams, three of them. Because they they like their wide outs, and they kept the tight end and the full back end to block to help out. That may be what they have to do against the Steelers.
0: John McClain joining us. All right, so Garoppolo threw for 324 against them, but he threw, whoops, three interceptions in the game on Sunday night, a game that saw the Steelers have to land in Kansas City on the way back. They were on the tarmac for a long time in Kansas City. Uh, That story is told by Bill Hillgrove, voice of the Steelers. That podcast is the Vanderpod, which is on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app right now, among other platforms. But, General... As you look at T.J. Watt, as you look at Highsmith, I'm looking at this Houston offensive line. Now, the injury report, look, this week we saw that Josh Jones showed up on the injury report. But Michael Dieter shows up today as limited with a chest problem. That means something happened because he wasn't on the injury report yesterday, and that's another player they can ill afford to lose because they need all the depth they can get. What do you think of how they might construct things on the offensive line this weekend with the personnel they have to utilize?
1: Well, Josh Jones is out as Laramie Tunsell's out. And the thing about Tunsell now, this will be three games, and you wonder, did he have a procedure, and they're going out of their way to protect it? Because D'Amico said last week when he was talking about he said he got it taken care of. Well to me that tells me he's had a procedure on his knee. And then Austin Deculus, who was not good in preseason, he's starting at the most important position on the offensive line. And that's why I was talking about Max protection. And maybe is it Gron Christian's is that he pronounced his first name? I forgot. Is it Geron. Geron Christian. Yeah. He He was signed this week, I believe, two days ago. I can't imagine he could step in and start. That would be such an indictment of Deculus, who's in his second season. But Stroud's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. He's going to have to be decisive, even quicker than he already is. And he is decisive, and his – His accuracy, and he's gotten so much well-deserved publicity this week nationally because of the wind and the way he's played. And people are seeing what we've been seeing all along is his timing on those out routes is just unbelievable. Going through his progressions, keeping it, don't look where he's going to throw the ball and tip off the secondary. So Stroud has been playing great. You hope they can keep him upright until help is on the way next week with Titus Howard and hopefully uh, Juice Scruggs and maybe Laramie Tunsell and Josh Jones can come back. But uh, this is such a, a big game, not just a big day because of J.J., but such a big game. If they could win this, two weeks in a row they've been underdogs, and if they could win this, man, oh, man, how exciting That would be for the fans and the Texans. And I'm happy for D'Amico and all the coaches because, you know, when coaches come in and they install their systems and they preach to the players every day, you have success like that game in Jacksonville, and the players are like, aha. So that's why we're doing it this way. And they all start to believe and they all start to buy in because seeing is believing. And this game, they pull off that upset. And this game would be another upset and they would start to get so much respect. And i tell you what, this draft that D'Amico and uh, uh, Casario pulled off is looking so much better than last year's draft. And they're getting so many contributions out of these rookies right now. It's amazing.
2: General flip it over to the other side. And I ask this in all seriousness, what, scares you the most about the Steelers offense
1: nothing's really scary but in each of the last two games they've had a big pass play for a touchdown I think they've been for 70 plus yards Steven Nelson has been terrific he was good last year he's even better this year Nick Serial probably wished they would redone his contract sooner and and Derek Stingley course He's out again with an injury. People are so disappointed in uh, him not being able to stay healthy. But um, and and uh, a guy, I guess, the passing the ball down the field. Because I'm looking at the numbers and this blows me away. If you said, well, which defense, the Texans or the Steelers, would be ranked 16th and 17th against the run? Well, you'd say, well, of course, the Steelers. And which one? would be wrecked 28th and tied for 30th against the run? Well, of course, that would be the Texans, but it's not. It's the opposite. Steelers are 28th in defense. They're 27th in offense. They can't run the ball either. They're 30th in rushing. The Texans have a better running team right now than the Steelers do. So I think the defense is going to play well. It's great to see Jalen Petrie. And Jimmy Ward playing together for the first time. Eric Murray and MJ Stewart made some big plays uh, in backup roles. And uh, the secondary to me has been a strong point, even though Tavier Thomas is out, Stingley's out, and, uh, and Petrie was out, and Ward was out. I think these guys are doing a really good coaching job, not just on game day, But in the preparation and everything they teach, not only I think D'Amico's a hell of a coach, but I think he's got a hell of a staff in there. And we're starting to see it. And uh, as long as they can keep Stroud from getting killed, they're capable of moving the ball.
0: By the way, it is Jaron Christian, not Jaron. It's Jaron Christian. I double-checked. And I don't get credit deducted. I don't get Any minus points on my grade for incorrect (laughs) pronunciations during shows, only during games. So since we haven't kicked off yet, I'm still clear here. It's Jaron Christian, who they picked up this week, former Texan and now current Texan. All right, General, here we go with C.J. Stroud getting another opportunity, and he's Offensive Rookie of the Month. That is awesome to see. And you got T.J. Watt on the other side, the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. But – C.J. Stroud, game four, if he improves as much as he has each week, one to two, two to three, I don't know what we're going to see this week, but I think the kid is up for the challenge. He says all the right things, and he's also doing all the right things so far.
1: He's cool and calm amid, you know, I'm thinking the pressure of being a second overall pick and a rookie starter, but also knowing the issues up front and knowing how people are coming after him you know, after the first two games, he's on a pace to be sacked 93 times. And then he doesn't get sacked at all. He's been hit 19 times. And then he gets hit four times. So he did a better job of addressing the uh, pass rush. I wrote a column about that, which is on sportsradio610.com, about his responsibility when it comes to the pass rush, when you have so many problems up front. And I tell you what – The biggest surprise on this team is not Stroud. He's second overall pick. He's supposed to be good. His progress, as fast as he's made it, that's surprising. But the wide receiver, who we all thought, they need another wide receiver. They don't have a big play receiver. Well, he got one in tank down. They got another one in Nico Collins. If Nico Collins can stay healthy, he's going to make some money after the season. And, of course, Robert Woods, He's all the way back from that torn ACL. You know, he had to spend a year getting over it in Tennessee, and he is so reliable. You know, if they need 13 yards, he'll be at 13 yards. you need eight, he'll be at eight. So he is a really good third-down receiver for Stroud. Stroud's got a lot of confidence in those receivers. Tight ends are not catching the ball much. But I don't want him throwing a ball to Dalton Schultz and taking it away from the three wide receivers who have 15 catches each. But of course, they would like to get more out of Schultz, but not at the expense of the
2: wideouts. General, what's it going to take to get the running game going? Is it as simple as well, just wait till Week Five when guys start coming back? Titus, in particular, Juice, potentially maybe having Laramie back. Who knows? Is it as simple as just wait till guys get back, or do you think there's something else? they can be doing to run the football better than they have.
1: Uh when you're when you have what they have up front, it's as simple as that. And we don't know when Laramie's coming back. We think Titus is coming back next week. Here's a question. When Juice Scruggs comes back, is he guaranteed to be in a starter? Jerry Patterson has played very well. Now he and Scruggs both played center and guard. Because they had such high hopes for Scruggs being the second-round pick in which they traded back in the second round to get him, he had the inside track. So I wonder, has Patterson played well enough to center, at center to get a shot at left guard over, say, Josh Jones, who's obviously more comfortable at tackle? So hopefully they get some options, and they're, they're tough options because they're good. And uh, I'm not sure when Scruggs will be back. I was just assuming – that it would be sooner rather than later. But the thing about Tunsell and his knee is worrisome.
0: All right, John, let's go around the division a little bit here because the Titans are going to entertain the Bengals. Bengals and Titans both desperately need this. I don't want to say desperate. They both badly need it. They're both one and two. They want to establish something. I mean, the Titans in the game against Cleveland could not get anything going offensively. The Bengals with Joe Burrow coming off a victory, but what do you make of this one in Nashville Sunday, the same time the Texans will be playing the Steelers?
1: This is the kind of game Mike Vrabel can inspire his team to win, but the Bengals need it more because they're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Problem is Joe Burrow's still hampered by that calf injury that may not get better. He doesn't have time to take a few weeks off for a little TLC. And the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, he was down, he was terrible, then he was okay. They couldn't run the ball. Derrick Henry had minus six yards at halftime. Can you imagine him having that against the Texans? They can't run the ball, their offensive lines in a shambles. I'll tell you something was interesting. I always go in many of the many things I read after games is the ESPN report where they go around to all their correspondents You know, who's hot, who's not, who's risers and fallers. So many of them were their offensive line because of injuries. It's amazing. And I was around a bunch of Oilers at a Love You Blue function at the Houstonian this week, and there were Hall of Famers there. And I asked them, I said, why do you think there's so many linemen? They said, because they don't get to work enough in the offseason. You know, there's not enough practice time for those guys To get in football shape, and and it's amazing how many teams have problems in their line. I was watching Philadelphia and the holes that DeAndre Swift was running through, and I'm thinking, wouldn't Damian Pierce like to have a hole like that? Because Pittsburgh, I mean, Philadelphia's offensive line, I think, is the best in football. And uh, but I think Cincinnati's going to win that game, and uh, Jacksonville is favored to win. It should. Uh, Anthony Richardson comes back for Indianapolis, and I don't know if there's going to be as good without Gardner Minshew and his experience, but Anthony Richardson needs to learn on the job.
2: General, what's going on in Jacksonville? I mean, is it just kind of a second-year hangover? Uh, Will they get back on track? I mean, it's a really talented team. We know that, but Doug Peterson was exasperated after that game against the Texans, losing by 20 to the Texans. What's your thought on what is really going on with the Jags?
1: They started really bad last year. Everybody had a ticketed down there competing for last place in AFC South, and then they turned it around over the – I keep saying halves. There's no halves anymore. Over the latter part of the second stage of the season and, uh, and then won the playoff game. So they've done it two years in a row. They've started poorly. Trevor Lawrence is not playing like a generational quarterback. Some people think it's the play calling. Um, they think that uh, Doug Peterson took it over, but uh, press Taylor. He didn't want to embarrass him. So he didn't say that, but they got issues in their offensive line. Travis. E- I mean, yeah, Travis ETN ran the ball really well. And, uh, uh, But the passing game, drop passes, somebody had them with seven drops in that game. I didn't think there was seven. Calvin Ridley had a couple. But they just look out of sync. And they've got a good pass rush. You know, Josh Allen is tremendous. They're still waiting for Trayvon Walker to play like the guy who was drafted first overall. But they're vulnerable. It could be whether it's the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, threatening them, if any of them do. Jacksonville certainly doesn't look like the runaway winner that Peter King picked to have the best record in the uh, AFC and get home field advantage. They certainly don't look like that kind of team. General, are you surprised
0: the Jets haven't been more aggressive getting quarterback help, picking up Trevor Simeon, big deal, Are you a little surprised about that, considering the lack of production from Zach Wilson? I know they spent a lot of money on Aaron Rodgers, and who knows where it's going. And I'll piggyback another one on top of that. Rob Sala, if they have a tough year here record-wise, and they're projected to do so right now, what does that say for his future? Because, you know, we all like him here. He was a former Texans assistant and everything. I'm not going to like him December 10th, don't get me wrong. But I'm wondering what's going to happen.
1: The only reason I care about the Jets game is Taylor Swift's going to be there. I don't give a rat's you-know-what mm-hmm. about their quarterback situation because the biggest story in sports right now is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. They might as well put a camera on her full-time and then just go to breaks into the game on the field. And I think it's great. I, I don't think there's any way Robert Sala gets fired with what happened there in Rodgers. Something that I've thought about quite a bit, when Nathaniel Hackett was in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur called the plays. He goes to Denver the head coach tries to call plays, and he's terrible. So then the Jets hiring mm. to be the offensive coordinator and play caller. Why does anybody think that he can be a good play caller? You know, Rodgers could have called the plays. Well, now you got Zach Wilson, who's terrible, and I feel sorry for him. Solid can't say, yeah, we're going to get our brains beat out with him. I thought they'd try to sign like Colt McCoy, trade for Case Keenum or Davis Mills, and maybe they tried. Nobody wanted to help them out, but right now they're a last-place team and people thought they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what's going to be interesting. After the season, what if they finish with one of the five or six worst records? Do they take a quarterback Mm. and sit him for a year or two while Rodgers plays? Because Zach Wilson go down as one of the all-time worst draft picks.
2: Oh, yes, man! they will. But he will not go down as one of the worst free agent signings or trades because that might be Russell Wilson in Denver. General, fix the Broncos if you can.
1: Well, first of all, is there anybody out there listening who is sorry that the Texans didn't hire Sean Payton instead of D'Amico? <laughs> uh, no. Uh. And Sean Payton's getting it stuck up as you know what. You know what they say about karma after ripping – Nathaniel Hackett for one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen. Now he's gotten beat by 50 and given up 70, and he's got clock management problems just like Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson's not the problem. He's not playing terrible this year like he did last year, and that team just looks discombobulated, lost, I would love to see the Bears, by far the worst team in the NFL, beat the Broncos at Soldier Field and let Sean Payton on that humble pie.
0: General, we all know that in a sports sense, I'm very bitter and I hate certain teams. And the Cleveland Browns are one of them because of, well, certain reasons. And I want them to do poorly so the Texans get a better draft pick. So give me some hope here that the 2-1 and one Browns, who will face the Ravens this weekend, that the 2-1 and one Browns will turn out to be bad after all. Is there some hope for me here?
1: It's hard to be bad when your defense is great. They hired Jim Schwartz. Jim had had some health issues. He was working with Mike Vrabel the last two years. They give him a chance to be a coordinator again, and that defense is fantastic. Miles Garrett, along with T.J. White and Mike Parson, three best pass rushers in the NFL, and that defense is tremendous. They play the run great. Now, Watson was not good in the first two games. He was fantastic in that last game, and they won. And they – I've – I hate to say they're going to beat Baltimore. I'm still shocked that Baltimore lost to the Colts. But uh, you you, you got to hope that that just was an aberration for Watson and that he'll go back to not playing well. But I think the three of us and everybody listening knows what kind of quarterback Watson can be. And that's why they paid $230 million guaranteed for him. And uh, But they got to hope now that when the weather turns bad, And he has to play all division games outdoors and playing in one of the worst weather stadiums in football that that will have an effect on him and they'll lose and help the Texans get a higher pick.
2: General you and uh, someone from a foreign country get on an elevator and that person says you're a hall of fame voter. And you say, yes, explain to me why JJ Watt is going into the hall of fame in 30 seconds or less. What's your pitch?
1: because he's one of the greatest uh, players in the NFL history tied for the all-time record for defensive player of the year tied Lawrence Taylor, who may be the greatest defensive player in history. He is a no brainer.
0: Okay. That is 30 seconds or less general sports radio, dot You have your column on CJ Stroud. What else are we looking for?
1: Got one on Stroud got one of on the Astros and I'll have one in the morning on JJ white from the perspective of, of D'Amico when he met him during the lockout in 2011 for John Weeks. It's hard to week, believe Weeks, the greatest snapper in NFL history, was here when Watt was drafted and is here after when Watt's going up to the Ring of Honor. And from the perspective of a 12 year old kid who lived about two or three miles from NRG Stadium named Petrie, what he thought when he first heard about J.J. Watt when he was in a sixth grade.
0: Very nice. Thanks so much for joining us, John.
1: Thank you, guys. See you Sunday.
0: All right, see you Sunday, and it's going to be an epic day. Texans, Steelers, and J.J. Watt goes into the Ring of Honor. Legends Homecoming presented by Ford. All the content you need, want, desire is on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. All the great Watt stuff, all the great prep stuff for this weekend's game. Can't get enough, and we're back on the air tomorrow night. Next up, Johnny and I are going to play Who's Better. We've got AFC South stuff. Other teams that are on the Texans' schedule. And then in the third segment, Drew visits with Jalen Petrie, Kurt Heinisch. These are quick convos, but really good to get you ready. Also, Kendrick Green, who played for the Steelers, and Houston Methodist Minutes with hamstring injuries, because we need to know more. It's Texans Radio. Right back to it here, Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you to play. Who's better? Ooh, Johnny, yes. you ready for this one? Of course. Let's go. All right, let's go. Better chance... To win the AFC South. Here we go. The Colts have a two and one record, everybody else one and two. So, better chance to win the AFC South,
2: the Colts or the Field? Who are you picking? Field. That's a safe pick. It Uh, is a safe pick, but I mean, I'm going to, it's a smart pick. I mean, it's called who's better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I would go Field because, first of all, I think that the Texans have the best quarterback in the division. Factor that in. I think the Jaguars right now have the best quarterback. Pause
0: right there. Yeah, the Texans have the best quarterback in the division. Right now they do. Yep. Right now they do. Until Lawrence plays better, or unless I'm not going to say until, I don't want to speak it into being. Unless he plays better than he has, Richardson comes back, plays great. If he does that, right. And Ryan Tannehill, just watch it. Now Ryan Tannehill is
2: trying here, but it's not working out the way he wants. That offense was not good against the Browns. Now. Browns, very good. But My point in saying that is, I think right now, CJ's playing the best of the quarterbacks. The Jaguars won a division last year, and they had a great second half of the season. I wouldn't put that against them. And the Titans, well, they're coached by Mike Vrabel, so you just never know. You never—you're just not going to count out a Vrabel coach nope, team. you can't do it. You're just not going to do it. Look, I know that they're one win in their last 10 games, but— they Is can that turn it? that thing around with duct tape and gum and yeah. get it going in the other direction the Colts I think will go back to Richardson and I don't know if for 2023 if that's the right thing Mitch I think can keep it together long enough and win eight nine games can he though I that's, think that's, mm, that's 64 that, million dollar question yeah, I think yeah. he can I think that offense I think he can What would help them is an all-pro running back coming back in week six, six coming off pup. But Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to be there.
0: And he's going to get traded. You would think. I would think. But if they start winning, John, and Zach Moss is doing very well for them. He had a better game last
2: week against the Ravens than he did against the Texans. He was good. Exactly. So, who knows? You put Taylor with him. Yeah, ouch. No, thank you. Now you take a ton of pressure off Minshew slash Richardson. Yeah. And now it's on the offensive line. The offensive line has played better. Uh, Bernard Ryman has played very well left tackle. Quentin Nelson looks to be back. Now Ryan Kelly, who had a concussion protocol. um, But French does okay. Fries was really good at right guard against us. And Braden Smith is Braden Smith. He's been playing that that spot since 2018. Keep waiting for them to put him at guard because that's what everybody thought in the draft. Point being, they're good on both fronts. Defense, offensive front. But... I will take the field just because I don't know what they'll do. If they go back to Richardson, I think it's I think it's very reasonable that one of the other three won a division. If they stick with Minshew, I think it's a pretty good shot. They win a division. I just think he's the right fit for that team right now. I don't know. We'll see. I like
0: CJ Stroud a lot and the fact that you said Either they two. have the best quarterback in the division right now it just sounds so good no I don't but it just sounds so good to hear yeah, it, I, know it does. I mean it makes me want to purr okay <laughs> who's better better zero and three team the Chicago Bears or the Denver Broncos something's oh. gotta give as they meet this week. I know we talked about this with oh. the general but you tell me who's the better oh three and zero and three team that's This is a gross question. Um, Sour milk or sour heavy cream? Uh, I don't know
2: which is which is. I'm gonna go with the. You know, here I am about to go with the Broncos, but they gave up a seventy burger last week. Well, the Bears are not the Dolphins. The Bears gave up forty-one to the Chiefs, but I think Big Red Andy Reid called off the dogs. Yeah. So, if I mean they are gonna play each other, where they playing? Denver, Chicago, Chicago. I'm going to lean Broncos only because I feel like Sean Payton will get a little bit more out of them. I don't trust anything with Chicago right now. At least with Denver, there is some elite talent at certain spots. Patrick Sertan's playing secondary. But again, I repeat, the Broncos gave up a 70-burger last week. But I'm going to roll Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Sean Payton Oh God, that's just dirty. I could easily see Field saying, You know what, F it, I'm gonna I'm running. start running. I agree and with then you. That's it, a And good then it wrecks
0: the game for the Broncos defense. I
2: could see that. Which did
0: not look spry against the Miami offense the last week.
2: You don't see Mr Unlimited doing that for the Broncos? Mr. Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited <laughs>
0: All right, let's continue on. with the better a here. gross question. Let's go to the AFC North. The Texans play this division. They've already played the Ravens, but they will not play the Browns until Christmas Eve. Better chance to win the AFC North. The Ravens or the Browns, and they will meet on Lake Erie this week. The Ravens meeting their former team. Well, does that make sense? Yeah, they were the Cleveland Browns once upon a time before they moved to Baltimore and changed their name but they will go to the shore of lake erie and play cleveland who's better two and one ravens two and one browns or i should say this better chance to win the division because we know yeah. this is a war of attrition this is a marathon who's going to survive
2: it johnny i think the ravens will now ironically both of them have lost their their number one running backs i think that's a bigger loss for the browns than it is for the ravens mm. because some would argue that the best running back for the ravens is number eight i'm going to go ravens I do think the Browns defense is a whole different animal than it's been. That defense is wildly good, but that Ravens defense is pretty salty too. And I think the Ravens defense is a little bit more complex. They'll show you different looks where the Browns are just, we're really good at all these positions come and stop us. yeah. And teams haven't been able to move the ball against them. Um, and they're getting some great play out of some guys that maybe they didn't expect. Like Grant Delpin has been incredible for the Browns. But I'm going to go Ravens because I, A, trust Lamar. B, I trust Harbaugh. And C, I trust the defense. Uh, I, I, with Roquan Smith over there, um, I, I trust that defense. I think the multiple looks they give teams, they're, they're more difficult to play the Ravens are, I think. So I'm going to go Ravens, and I'll go Ravens over the Browns. In Cleveland, I can't believe I'm doing that, but I'm going Ravens over the Browns. Okay, pick this game. This is not a who's
0: better, but it's just pick this game. The Dolphins at the Bills. I like this one. This is a good game. This should be a primetime game. This is Buffalo, right? Yeah. Can we get rid? It's in Western New York. Yes. Can we get rid of Jets Chiefs on Sunday night? (sighs) Although, with Taylor Swift going to the game, that's going to be an awesome draw. But tell me, Bills, Dolphins, who do
2: you got? It was uh, up in Buffalo. Last time I met up in Buffalo, it was thirty-two twenty-nine playoff game as a win for the Bills, and it was a game in which everybody was like, "Hey, Dolphins hung around." Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know about that this week. I think, but I'll tell you this: Josh Allen played unbelievably well against oh, the Commanders. They, the Bills have gotten—they yeah. find their—they—they're they, like Stella; they found their groove again. Yep, how Stella found her groove. Well, the Bills have found their groove. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think beating the Bills up at Orchard Park is pretty tough so i'm gonna go with bills close but why i mean look you're right taylor swift that changes things it changes the math on things Yep. but we're gonna keep an eye on that game for sure yeah that bill's dolphins game wow i'm wow. surprised
0: you can't slide it into a four slot yeah that's what i thought too you know the patriots are gonna play the cowboys though ah in the late window and The Cowboys, I don't care who they're playing. It's a big draw. TV networks love it. So maybe that factors in. Monday night has the Seahawks at the Giants. And we don't need to go over that again. All right. Uh Let's do this. Who's better? Let's go to campus now. Can't wait for the Texas Bowl later this season. But we talk about Big 12 SEC and all of college football from time to time. So let's do it. Better chance to win this weekend. The Aggies visiting Arkansas or the Longhorns home to a very sneaky, maybe not so sneaky, hot Kansas team. So this is gonna be interesting. The Aggies with, is he really a backup quarterback? Going to Arkansas, Longhorns
2: hosting uh, that, Kansas. There'll be in Ar- Ar- Arlington, they'll play up in Jerry World. Oh um, yeah, yeah, my bad. So, A&M, A&M's played pretty well up there, but they're just weird things that happen. Last year, Arkansas is dominating the game early. And KJ Jefferson tries to fly in from the four yard line, the quarterback. I don't know what he's thinking. Well, about the one yard line, the ball got popped out. AM picked it up, ran it to the end zone. And that really was the difference in the game that kind of freaky play. I think AM's defense has woken up. It's not wrecking crew qu- quite yet, but we all knew it was a talented defense. Very talented. But that's a closer game. I'm going to pick AM and I'm going to pick Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas spread is like 17. Against Kansas. Do you think that's a little much? That's a little much. I am not
0: that type, but if
2: I was, I would say, all right, give me that. Give me those 17. Kansas is, I mean, think about it. I think Kansas puts up 28 to 31. That means you've got to put up 45 to 48. And I don't know. I mean, Kansas defense isn't the 85 Bears, but it's decent and it's got some players. So I don't know that Texas is going to get the 45 or 48, but I do think Texas both texas schools win those games i think it's more difficult for AM because they got to try to stop kj jefferson texas got to stop jalen daniels is this a lot closer than than you know oh it's going to be this it's a lot closer but i think the edge would go to AM just because i think arkansas is a little bit more physical overall and that game's at a neutral site whereas texas playing at the uh, cozy confines of dkr which two years ago the Jayhawks took it took it to him and won a game scored a two-point conversion to finish that game so a little revenge factor for the uh Texas Longhorns this time all right Johnny thanks a lot you got it Mark thank you all right coming up let's hear from
0: some brief conversations from Jalen Petrie Kurt Heinisch as Drew Doherty catches up with those guys in the locker room following practice and we'll have Houston Methodist minutes the injury tonight hamstrings oh no But let's learn a little bit more, shall we? It's Texans Radio. We are packed this segment, so let's get right to it here as Drew Doherty was in the locker room and caught up with Jalen Petrie, who's back. How did it feel
3: being out there today?
4: Oh, it felt good. You know, I'm having fun back out there with my teammates, you know, enjoying the sun. And, you know, I'm grateful, you know, that, you know, I'm cleared now and just ready to go. How
3: anxious were you to get back out there? We saw you Sunday pregame, saw you after the game as well. You look pretty good. You're getting loose, I and mean, you're making one-hand catches. What was the, uh, I guess, the anxiousness level like for you?
4: Oh, it was at 100. Like I was, I've been ready to go. You know, it's all about what the doctor is saying, though. You know, I want to respect their opinion. You know, they've been doing this for a long time, so, you know, I was just waiting for, you know, the okay. And you know, now that they've given me that okay, I'm ready to go.
3: Jalen, tell us about this Pittsburgh offense. What are some of the strengths that stand out to you?
4: Yeah, good offense. You know, two dominant backs and um, Najee and. The other running back, you know, I played him in college, so he tough runners. They also have a good receiver in 14 and a, a good young quarterback. So, you know, looking forward to the challenge and looking forward to, you know, going out there and competing against them.
3: How much fun was it seeing Jimmy Ward get into the mix last week?
4: Oh, it was real fun. You know, that was my first time seeing him in a in a real game experience. So it was good to see him fly around and make plays. You know, i I'm, It was is you know it's a little different from practice. You know, you get a little bit more excited for the games, but. You know, he, he's a pro's pro. Like, he went out there, he executed, and he did what he needed to do to help us get the win.
3: This secondary as a whole, there's been comings and goings player-wise all season long. What have you thought about how the way they've performed it, you guys have performed
4: Oh, yeah, we understand, you know, the nature of the game of football. You know, there's going to be injuries, ups and downs, but it's all about, you know, if you're there, you know, just putting your best foot forward. And I think everybody that has gotten their name called has done that. So I'm looking to, you know, continue that and help out and contribute to the team as much as I can.
0: All right, there's Drew with Jalen Petrie. Now let's shift gears to all Steelers all the time. I'm just kidding about that, but what about Kendrick Green? He came from the Steelers, and
3: now he's starting on the O-line for the
0: Houston Texans.
3: we got to talk about what you guys were able to do last Sunday. I know you're looking ahead, but you get here basically in September, and you're not the only one, and you guys were able to do what you did. What's gelling right now for you guys up front? Uh, man,
5: just to be honest, just all CJ, man. CJ got us kind of coming together. You know, we trying to play for him, you know, knowing he's young, and Y'all see what he can do when he gets time back there, he's gonna let it fly. So I feel like that's our biggest motivation is just trying to keep CJ clean and you know Eric, the whole world, see what happened when he clean. How long did it take you to notice that once you got here? I think like three days. You know, it's it's kinda different, you know, when we're not in like uh we're, we're in a practice setting, right? But, you know, I think he went out there against Baltimore and looked really good. Obviously some things to clean up, but shoot, he just each week he getting better and better, making better decisions, better uh, you know, he's better timing, better rhythm with the receiver. So I think you know we we gon we, we gon ride uh we gonna go as
3: far as we're gonna go as far as he take us and he's only gonna go as far as we take him. So, what do you think you guys as a unit are doing well, and what do you think you guys as a unit need to get a little bit better at?
5: Uh, I think it's just like you said, a little bit more.
3: I think right now we're playing hard, we're playing physical, but we just you know some,
5: some small things we got to clean up assignment wise and whatnot. So. I know it's still very
3: early. It's only three games in, but individually, Kendrick, what's it like being here after, you know, what you went through
5: the early part of your career? Yeah, I'm super glad I'm here. Stung. I wasn't in a good situation in Pittsburgh at all. I'm glad it happened. I thank God every day it happened so far. So.
3: How excited are you for this weekend? You know you got a tall task in front of you, not you individually, but everybody as, as an offense here. It's
5: another game, you know, obviously a good defense. Uh, I know them pretty well. It's going to be a good challenge. It's going to be fun seeing all, seeing all my guys out there playing against them and competing against them, so I'm excited.
3: What was your first impression of the stadium, being on this sideline two weeks ago? Uh, I liked it,
5: man. I thought the energy was good. I didn't know it got as loud as it did here, so that was exciting.
0: There's at least one more Texan with some Pittsburgh perspective, and that's Pittsburgh area native Kurt Heinish went to Notre Dame, but he's from the Steel City, and Drew Doherty visited with him briefly in the locker room.
3: Kurt, good to see you. You're playing against the hometown team. Before we get into the matchup and all that stuff, what's it like playing against the Steelers in your mind, getting ready for this one?
6: It was cool. I was telling the people from the Steelers media it would be a lot different if I was going back to Pittsburgh, but it just feels like another like week, to be honest with you. Just like, like I said, it's never been about the other opponent. It's always been about us, so.
3: Have you heard much from family, friends leading up to this one?
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's got to flap their gums and talk smack to me. You know, the Steelers are coming to town. I probably have some family members rooting against me this week. You know how Steelers fans are, the Inzers are. So, but it's funny. I like it. It's, it's cool, you know. They're everywhere, aren't they? Oh, yeah, they're everywhere. It's great.
3: Hey, how are you doing individually so far this week? How would you grade yourself out?
6: Could definitely do things better from a technical standpoint. Sometimes veer away from sometimes sometimes veer away from your technique when you're constantly try to focus on making plays. But at the end of the day, your technique is what is going to help you make more plays. So uh, this week, I've really been honing in on my technique, like just really focusing on it. I mean, I I write it, I write it on my tape on my gloves so that in every before every play, I look down. You know, like lower, better hands, all that. So. Stuff that you can apply doesn't matter when you're playing, who
3: you're playing, right? Correct.
6: Yeah, your technique is going to be the same versus everybody.
3: What stands out to you the most about this offensive line of Pittsburgh's?
6: It's a typical Pittsburgh running down your throat kind of you know, kind of offensive line. Like it's, you know, it's how they always play. It's how they want to play. It's, like, it's how they've always been, right? So they present a good challenge for us, and we're excited for it. How excited are you guys to get a guy like Jalen Petrie back there way behind you? He's a stud. His energy is second to none, to be honest with you. I mean, even when he's not playing, I mean, you know where Jalen Petrie's at on the field. You know, he's just always getting everybody hyped up. And so it's great to have him back out there. He's, you know, his little fireball out there. It's, it's cool.
3: Last thing, we've heard from a lot of your teammates, their vantage point and their thoughts on Andrew Beck's return for
6: a score. What did you see on Sunday? I saw him bobble the ball, and I was like, damn. And then all of a sudden, I saw him pick it up, and I was like, oh? And I was like, oh. You know, he's running out of I was like, oh. It's, 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 I, it's, I stand out, I'm yelling on the sideline, I'm like, oh, and then I'm out, like, almost onto the field, yelling, he's running down the sideline, and I forgot, because I was so excited, I had to my helmet, run off a field goal, I had to turn around and run back and grab my helmet, then run back out on the field, so I was like, let's go, you know, it was, it was crazy. Kurt, appreciate the time. Let's
0: yeah, luck this summer. Thank you. All right. There's Drew Doherty with Kurt Heinisch. Time to get into it now. Houston Methodist Minutes. We do it every week. And this week, the topic is hamstrings with Joshua Yonker, Outreach Athletic Trainer with Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. All right, Joshua, how's it going?
7: It's going great today. How are you doing, Mark?
0: Excellent. Okay. So tell me about hamstring injuries because we see them a lot in sports. We've seen them on this team, and we need to know more about them. How do they occur? How can they be prevented? But let's start first. How do they occur? Is this dehydration sometimes, stretching in an unusual or dramatic manner? What goes into a hamstring injury, Joshua?
7: Sure. So there's there's several factors that can go into a hamstring injury. Uh, When we look at risk factors, some of the things we primarily are looking at and seeing is weakness of the hamstring muscles, as well as tightness. A lot of people have tight hamstrings and and that's a primary complaint that we see uh, in athletes after they've injured this. Um, some other things that we see is athletes that aren't doing a good dynamic warm-up. Um, and then athletes, when they start to get fatigued, their muscle is just not able to accommodate the, the forces that they're placing on it.
0: So there are varying degrees of hamstring injuries. How do you diagnose this, Joshua, without an MRI or X-ray or whatever?
7: Sure, so hamstring injuries, uh, we typically grade as a grade one, two, or three. One is the mild hamstring injury. That's usually a stretch, an overstretch, um, where there's not really much of the muscle or the tendon torn. Um, When we look at grade two, you've got some partial tearing of the muscle or the tendon. And in grade three hamstring injuries, the most severe, that's where we may have a complete tear of the muscle or the tendon. So those are obviously the most severe. The grade two and the grade three hamstring injuries typically come with pain, swelling, and bruising, um, along with dysfunction, uh, discomfort, walking, and just doing activities of daily living are hard, sometimes with those grade two and grade three injuries. With the more mild injuries, we may feel a lot of muscle tightness, um, and the athlete just complaining of pain and discomfort with that.
0: How do you balance rest and trying to get back into things athletically as far as whatever kind of work you can do to get the muscles back and keep them in shape keep the other muscles in shape how do you handle that part of it Joshua
7: Yeah hamstring injuries can be very tricky so they um they typically take a lot longer than we like them to take um so you know there's research showing that in um in youth soccer average time from mild hamstring injuries return back to full play can be upwards of three weeks or more so you know rest is a big factor so we want to reduce the activities that are causing pain um continuing to do activities of daily living is okay you know if somebody's having walking problems walking difficulty or they're limping because their hamstring is hurting so much we want to place them on crutches to allow that muscle to continue to rest a little bit during this time we can work on range of motion Um, being able to just start stretching the hamstring a little bit without being super aggressive with it and strengthening is probably the biggest factor. When we look at return to activity, we want to make sure that hamstring muscle has gotten strong again. Um, So some different types of strengthening, um, primarily something called eccentric strengthening where the muscle is actually lengthened as it's put under a stress um, Mm -hmm. is one of the best exercises that helps shorten rehab times and get those athletes and and active people back on the the quarter field or whatever they're trying to do.
0: That's great info, Joshua. Thanks a lot for joining us.
7: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: There's Joshua Yonker, Houston Methodist outreach athletic trainer. More information is available at HoustonMethodist.org, the official healthcare provider of the Houston Texans Houston Methodist leading medicine and that's going to do it for the show tonight. So grateful that you listen. We always have fun on a Thursday with the general, with the Texans we heard from. Johnny and I doing Who's Better. This will be available via podcast soon enough. Tomorrow night's show is packed. We've got Matt Burke, defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, of course, with his Friday visit. And you never know who else is going to show up. We'll have the program for you tomorrow at 6. Have a great night. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Go Texans.